Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 45 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. Ooh-wee! Tonight's episode is gonna be fun. All those jazz fans came on my line talking shit. Well, that's what happens when you play the real deal, son. Bum-ass Utah Jazz. Scum. There are not many teams I like beating better than those motherfuckers. Oh, the Jazz Pack. We're going to be hitting that later, that's for sure. Anyway, let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. A great W. There are not many teams I like beating more, I must say. Of course, they're, uh, the, I've always said that the Grizzlies and the Jazz are my least favorite team. I don't know which one I dislike more. I'd say there's more different variations of Jazz teams that I've disliked. In Memphis, it was mainly one team that I despise more than any Jazz rendition, but... Whatever, let's get on to the to the game. Of course, I had the most unexpected news today of everyone being healthy. Kawhi, PG, Kennard, uh, who didn't play, which I guess in retrospect worked out, but concerns me a little bit for his confidence. But we got Batum back, Kawhi back, and we got Paul George back. And that was an amazing thing to hear. The fact that Paul George is back already, with especially with Anthony Davis being out for a couple weeks now, I mean, it is unbelievable. It is going to be unbelievable that this run, we can really push ourselves and create separation from those Lakers, and we can start catching up to the Jazz. I mean, we handed them a loss. Now we're only two and a half back. So let's get to the game. Kawhi and Paul George, especially Paul George in the first quarter, did not look like he missed a game. He came back and he was right in his bag. Mid-ranges, getting to the rim, looking smooth. You know, pulling over dudes. Kawhi was getting in his mid-range area. And, you know, the thing is, in the beginning of the game, we saw Rudy Gobich. He was, you know, in a predicament. You know, it's either with Serge Ibaka that can shoot threes, you can you either double-team or help. Because Rudy Gobich likes to camp in the paint. And you can't camp in the paint, as we talked about, is the NBA getting better and better. You get defensive three-second violations. So he has to make a choice whether he wants to double Kawhi or if he wants to just sit in the paint for a defensive three second, that's where Serge comes in hitting open threes. But the sad part about Serge is he could have been better tonight. He was one of five from three and four of 11. So we didn't actually make Gobich uh, Go pay for it. Nine points, nine boards, four assists for Serge. But we were just getting our good looks in the beginning, and we were doing a great job on Donovan. Obviously, he missed some shots that he usually makes, but Patrick Beverly's defense on Donovan, getting over screens, was phenomenal. And Paul George was back on defense as well, getting over screens, not letting people score on him one-on-one, -on -one, moving his feet, you know, using his long arms to bother players. And then you have Kawhi, who he wasn't guarding too many of the better players tonight, but helped defense, you know, rebounding when he needed to come. I mean, how many times do you see Kawhi coming up on the weak side and there's a rebound in the air, and he just slaps it to a Clipper player. I feel like he does that a lot. You know, just the right rotations, the right help defense. I just thought that we were 
our defense was pretty good tonight, man. It was pretty good. And when Donovan Mitchell came out, the Jazz went pretty cold in stretches of that second quarter. And Lou Williams continues to be fantastic. That's one of the things that came from the injuries was Lou Williams getting confidence back. But what's what's the main thing was, I don't mind Lou Williams getting, like, it's, it's, it's cool that he gets his confidence back, but it's only cool because we beat teams during that run. So because we actually beat teams shorthanded, it makes it so that we have a bonus. We didn't lose that much ground, and we have Lou Williams back, playing at a high level, hitting mid-ranges and hitting floater games. And somebody else who was hitting floater games that was causing the Clippers a lot of problems was Jordan Clarkson. I might have, I have to say, man, I have to say, he has come such a long way with his shot-making ability. You know, that floater game, and this is why I think the Jazz are so good this season, because they have three guys, Conley, Donovan, and JC that can hit floaters in the in-between game. And that's not to say that Jingles and Bogdanovich can't. That's just not really their strength floaters. I mean, Jingles is not bad. Bogdanovich more standstill, step-back jumpers. But they just have a lot of threats that can create for... What do I talk about always? Creating shots for others and creating for themselves. And I think in the second half, the Jazz really tightened up the defense. And here's the thing. The game was pretty tightly called. This was a more old-school kind of uh, officiated game. Um, but all of a sudden they started getting ticky-tack in certain aspects of, uh, of the game or certain instances towards the end of the third quarter, and it started getting a little weird. It's like they kind of, you know, twisted the way the game was called in ways, similar shades of 2010, Game 7 of the finals. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought that the Jazz, I mean, Donovan started heating up in that second half. Let's, let's not make any mistakes about it. And, you know, Rudy Gobich's presence was still effective. And Bogdanovich had a better game this time than last game, no question about it. 8 of 11, 4 of 5 from 3, 23 points for Bogdan, so he was really good. And when the Jazz went up by 4, it was a really crucial stretch for us. Where are we going to go? Are we going to go back to that stagnant offense? Are we going to, you know, what are we going to do now? And Kawhi Leonard made timely mid-ranges timely he was bringing out the whole array tonight turn over the right shoulder fade and those shots are tough man i talked about it is the nba getting better and better go watch those episodes and yeah i i just the turnarounds over both shoulders man he is so damn good at those and that becomes unstoppable. And then when we really... By the way, I thought Zubats was pretty terrible today, honestly. Some games he just has butterfingers. He looks slow. His reactions are weak. He looks like Kwame Brown sometimes with his hands. And on defense, it's hard when he's... Like, Zoo is not the most agile. Like, when it's... I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert may be the best pick and roll. Pick and roll. Not pick and pop. Pick and roll combo in the league. And... When that's the case, you need a guy on Donovan, if the guard isn't able to completely deter him getting over screen, screens by himself, you're going to need the big guy to come up a bit and then be able to recover to the rolling big man on the other team. Unless you have somebody come over from the corner to rotate and take the lob away, but that's going to be a smaller player than your big man. So when it's Rudy Gobich going up for the lob, it's hard to get that on the weak side rotation. So Zubats was getting caught in the middle there a lot of times in that third quarter. The Jazz turned it up on us in there. They outscored us by four in the third, 26-22, which made it a four-point game after three. But ultimately, who was the guy that was the X factor tonight? Who made the big shots when we needed the most in the fourth quarter? It wasn't Kawhi. It wasn't Lou. It was not PG. Say it with me. 
Marcus Morris Sr. How about it? Shot maker, shot taker. Contested mid-ranges, how about that? Can't stop that, right? That's what I said in the NBA, getting better and better about those old heads. That's because they had that science down. Mook has it. Mook would be adaptable in other eras because he's got that skill set. Three-pointers off the catch. And you know, somebody, shout out to LA Clippers super fan on Twitter. He made a great suggestion. He said, let's go small on them. Let's go Mook at the five. And I was like, the problem with the Mook at the five is we're going to be able to be vulnerable in Donovan, Rudy, pick and roll. We want to have a rim protector. But we switched everything and our guys weren't getting beat off the dribble as much because the refs sw started swallowing the whistle. So because Donovan was getting allowed to have a little more contact on him by Bev, by Batum. I thought Batum, even though Batum, I'm pretty sure he had a donut tonight. Yeah, donut for Batum, that will not tell you his impact. I thought that, once again, positionally, he's very aware more often than not. You know, he has good hands. He talks. He doesn't overdo anything on, on, on offense. He moves without the basketball. It's just, he is just a net positive no matter, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, he just sounds, he's always a net positive all the time. Anyway, Marcus Morris Sr.'s ability to hit those shots. And you know why it changed the small ball? Because, yeah, Rudy Govich can't just camp in the paint when you have five shooters. Patrick Beverly was the one making those big threes. And give credit to Paul George. He got limited minutes tonight, but when he came in at the end of the game, he was getting his head down, trying to get to the rim, kicked it out to Patrick Beverly. And you know why that small ball works? Do you know why that small ball works? My subscribers can tell you why. Because Rudy Govich cannot score on 6'8 guys or smaller because he has no skill offensively. He ha except for screening. He has no skill. That's why we can get away with that 6'8 guy, Marcus Morris Sr. being able to guard you. You call that an elite big man? That's exactly why you asked me why I have a problem with Gobert. I hate those kind of centers because you will get exposed. You will get exposed. How am I supposed... It's like, how can I be a point guard little guy that can't shoot threes? How can you be a motherfucking big man and can't hit a jump hook? You sorry ass motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here with your rim protection. You're ass. And that's where you're going to get exposed in the playoffs. I don't care if this ages poorly. The Jazz are not winning the championship, bro. They are not. And if they do... God, I will shut down my channel. Doubt it. Anyway, yeah, he's trash. Anyway, great win for the Clips. Clutch free throw shooting in the end. But anyway, yeah, no. So I suggest, honestly, LA Clippers super fan, he had it. He had it right on the head. Let's go with that small ball against the Jazz more. Make Rudy play in space because he can't take advantage of it on the other end. He ain't Shaq. You know what I'm saying? He can't. He's not Jokic. He's not Embiid. Anyway. Let's move on. By the way, let's just read the lines. The Clippers, 116-112. to 112. The Jazz have won 20 of their last 21. Now it's 20 of their last 22. The Clippers, 22-9. The Jazz, 24-6. Donovan Mitchell, 35 points in the end. Four boards, five assists, 12-27. Rudy, 4-7. of seven, Eight points and 15 rebounds. Minus five on the court. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 19 points. Kawhi, 10 of 24, 0 of 4 from 3, 9 of 10 from the foul line, 29, 5, and 4. Serge Ibaka, yeah, I already said that. Pat Beverly was phenomenal. Both ends of the floor, hitting shots, making big plays. And, of course, the defense he's going to bring getting over screens. 17 points, and he's so good at that block getting over screens from behind. 17 points for Bev, 5 of 7 from the field, and 3 of 5 from 3. PG, 15 points in only 27 minutes, 6 of 14. He still looked like he needs some time, some reps, but he will get that. I'm so happy to have him back. Six boards, five assists. Senior, 17 points, 7 of 11 from the field. Seven rebounds as well, plus 10. 
I thought, and then Lou Williams, 19 points on 8 of 14 from the field. So a great performance by the Clippers in the end. A huge win. And we move on to the next. We can't be playing someone as good as that next, right? Anyway, let's move on to the Celtics and the Hawks before we end tonight. By the way, I have to go. I can't actually get to the live chat tonight. I sincerely apologize. I got to go. I made some plans with some friends. And, you know, got to celebrate the night the right way. But Hawks and Celtics. So the Hawks... I'm sorry, the Celtics are in big need of a win. They've been in a crisis lately, it seems. And today, they had everybody but smart. And oh boy, they came out with the energy that would make any Celtics fan proud. Getting over screens with Trey, making him make the pocket pass, but rotating over Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice. We're doing a really good job rotating, taking away the role from Capella, from John Collins. And yeah, forcing the ball out of Trey's hands, rotations there, Kemba Walker hustling over screens, and then attacking Trey Young on the other end. That forced the steals and good defense, forced uh, baskets in transition, but Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker. Everyone's going to talk about when he plays bad, well, let's talk about when he plays great. He was phenomenal tonight. Attacked Trey in pick and roll, got into the mid-range, got into the threes and drop coverage when the defense was sagging off too much. And getting to the rim, taking the contact, and ones. He was doing the whole nine yards for the Celtics. You could not have scripted it better. Jalen Brown hitting his pull-up threes that we've seen all season long. Jason Tatum was good. Tristan Thompson was great. Finishing around the basket, rebounding the basketball. And it was just awesome. It was just awesome if you're a Celtics fan, seeing the way that they played. They completely answered back. The energy was high. Second quarter, Kemba Walker was just taking over for a stretch. And I don't think that the Hawks got much contributions outside of Trey Young. I thought actually Trey was, was pretty good. But I thought that mm, everyone else, no. Cam Reddish, 3 of 13, 9 points. John Collins, 3 of 13, 8 points. And I was looking at this game, Gallinari, 2 of 14. You know, and I was looking at this game more from a Celtics fan perspective, so I didn't really break down the Hawks in that kind of depth. But it's not, I mean, taking one game away from Boston and Boston out of two is a pretty good trade-off for Atlanta. 12-17, and 17, their record. They need to start beating those easier teams, though. The Celtics win and bounce back. They won in 121-109. Tristan Thompson, 17 points. Jason Tatum, 25 points on 10 of 21. That's to go along with eight rebounds and six assists. Three blocks for JT as well. By the way, Tristan Thompson, 17 points on 8 of 9. So very efficient. Daniel Tice, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. 7 of 9 for Tice. He was brilliant. Kemba, player of the game for me, 28 points, 5 boards, 6 assists, 3 steals, 10 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. I thought the Time Lord was great again with some great energy. 6 of 8, 12.7 rebounds. That's all for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I will stay on the live for two minutes with the live subscribers. Thank you so much. Peace.